of the as president of the United States, what would you be urging Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to do at this moment, Governor DeSantis? I would be telling Bibi, finish the job once and for all with these butchers, Hamas. They're terrorists. They're massacring innocent people. They would wipe every Jew off the globe if they could. He cannot live with that threat right by his country. Did you know his name? His nickname was Bibi? You know, I, I call him Bibi. I don't think we need to call him Benjamin Netanyahu. Um, Lester, I, I'm on a first-name basis with the man. Hamas should release every hostage, and they should unconditionally surrender. I'm sick of hearing the media. I'm sick of hearing other people blame Israel just for defending itself. We will stand with Israel in word and in deed, in public and in private. All accurate, all good. Biden's neglect has been atrocious. Uh, we had Floridians that were over there after the attack. He left them stranded. They couldn't get flights out. So I scrambled resources in Florida. I sent planes over to Israel, and I brought back over 700 people to safety. There could have been more hostages had we not acted. Big applause line there for the governor getting Floridians out of Israel when he says, as he says, Biden didn't do much of anything to make that happen. Um, it was a lot of talk tough night. It was a lot of, um, you know, who can give the best, most decisive, firm, you know, waggle finger at the monitor and tell people how serious you are about whatever it is, including how, you know, bad Hamas is and how strong we must be against them, which is fine. I mean, it's not a false message. It's just there was something a little bit posturing about it to me for everybody, including from Governor DeSantis, Nikki Haley. The first thing I said to him when it happened was I said, finish them finish them. And the reason is I worked on this every day when I was at the United Nations. And we have to remember that they have to, one, eliminate Hamas, two, support Israel with whatever they need, whenever they need it, and three, make sure we bring our hostages home. Again, all accurate, although in my mind, all I can hear is finish them. That <laughs> like, you know, get over here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Rip the spine out. Fatality. You know, like that's all I can see in my head. We need to be very clear eyed to know there would be no Hamas without Iran. There would be no Hezbollah without Iran. There would not be the Houthis without Iran. And there wouldn't be the Iranian militias in Syria and Iraq that are trying to hear, hit our military men and women if it hadn't been for Iran. And who is funding Iran right now? China is buying oil from Iran. Russia is getting drones and missiles from Iran. And there is an unholy alliance. Yeah, the unholy alliance is kind of her theme through the night of uh, Russia, China, Iran. Not really mentioning North Korea an awful lot, but certainly those three primarily. You know, the axis of evil kind of changes partners every once in a while. The Legion of Doom and brings in new supervillains and gets rid of other supervillains. But which you're not wrong about all of this. It just kind of struck me as a, as a kind of a weird way to talk about it. And again, in the uh, in the get tough lines div uh, division, you had uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Israel has the right and the responsibility to defend itself. I would tell him to smoke those terrorists on his southern border, and then I'll tell him as President of the United States, I'll be smoking the terrorists on our southern border. That's his responsibility. This is our responsibility. That's how we move forward. Is that all you'll be smoking? I just, like, it's weird. It's a weird line, right? You smoke your southern border terrorists, and I'll smoke mine. Yeah, come on. Because there's nothing less tough guy inspiring than Vivek Ramaswamy. Can we be honest? There's... You don't think of him as, no, okay, I'm having troubles with the, you know, bully at school. Oh, send in Vivek. That'll solve the issue. <laughs> like, come on, man. But I guess everybody's got to, everybody's going to try their tough talk moment. Even Tim Scott got it on the game. But, but number one, I, I would tell 
Prime Minister, Prime Minister Netanyahu. You want another chat? Not only do you have <laughs> Here, hold on. Here, try it again, son. Well, number one, I, I would tell Prime Minister, Prime Minister Netanyahu, not only do you have the responsibility and the right to wipe Hamas off of the map. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. It's just, I don't know. I guess performance art is start, starting to bore me in politics, and there's so much of it. Even, oh, my God, I I feel really bad for Vivek Ramaswamy. I do. I do. He was, he was, he was terrible last night. He, um, he got booed a lot. He proved that he should not be on this stage, not because he can't get the numbers, but because he should never be president. He, I mean, he clearly should. But his best lines got bungled. The one, the one that made all the headlines. This, this, this was the headline line, okay? And, um, you know, so here goes. Just and But but listen for how it's actually a two-parter, and the second part gets gets stomped on by him and crowd reaction. And then even later on, it's kind of like, you know how when you make a joke in a crowd and then, like, nobody hears because something happened, and then you try to do it again later? And it's still not funny. And you're like, man, I tried that joke twice, and that still failed. You ever do that? Okay, that's what happened here. Here's, here, you listen. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the UN, bankrupt or in debt, is was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise, and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first? Or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. Ramaswamy. In which Ramaswamy. case, we've got two of them on stage. Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. Senator, uh, Senator Scott. So he seems to be attacking her because she's a woman and wears heels, and he's trying to get he's trying to get a dig in on DeSantis about the lifts and the boots thing. You, you can hear it kind of gets trying. Here, listen to me. Listen to, listen to the, the, the punchline again. Or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. In which Ramaswamy. case, we've got two of them on stage tonight. In which case, we've got two of them on stage Senator, tonight. Uh, Senator Why Scott. won't you listen to my good joke? <laughs> I got a really good joke. Why won't you listen to my good joke? <laughs> Bless it. All right, so we come around a little bit later when Nikki Haley finally gets a chance to sort of respond. Governor Haley, would you please answer that? Yes, I'd first like to say they're five-inch heels, and I don't wear them unless you can run in them. <laughs> Pretty uh, good line. Two of you on stage. You hear, you hear that? He's, he's in the background. He's like, they got two of you on stage. There's two of you. I was talking about Ron. <laughs> they got my staple. I'm talking to you. <laughs> they told me I could make jokes at a reasonable level. Come on. We got two of you on stage. The second thing that I will say is I wear heels. They're not for a fashion statement. They're for ammunition. I have no earthly yeah, idea what that means. Yeah, no earthly idea what that means. So, um, okay. You know, you know when you get your good line? Like, she got her good line, they're five-inch heels, you know, right? And I can run in them. Leave it there, man. Leave it there, woman. Leave it there, woman. <laughs> don't, don't do anything else. Let Vivek look like a fool for double-trying his bad line. I was almost thinking he might pull it out again. Hey, you know, earlier, guys, earlier when I was talking about the, um, the heels, <laughs> I meant both of them. They're, bo- they're both doing it. I almost expected that later. It did not happen that way. Uh, so, you know, th- there was some personal attacks. There was actually, though, I will say this. I'm, uh, if, if you didn't watch the debate, or uh, if, you, if you did watch the debate, and you're listening to me talk about it, you might think, Andrew, I thought actually the debate was pretty good. It actually was. Weirdly, in spite of all that nonsense, it actually was a very interesting debate. I thought you had at least two candidates disqualify them. Well, three, four. I mean, 
three. I thought I thought three disqualified them from the debate. I mean, Tim Scott, dear Tim, um, Senator Scott, please get out of the way. You're you're just making things. Every time you talk, it gets worse for you. It's and I like Tim Scott. I have always liked Tim Scott. I think he's a good guy. But you know, he's just kind of tone deaf on where the party is. His solution for everything, though, I don't disagree with him. His solution is what we need here is more Jesus. That's that's kind of his whole shtick last night is, you know what we need? We need more faith. We need more prayer, which is not wrong, but it's just that's not going to get you the votes that you think it's going to get you. And even though I know you believe it, and even though I know you're a sincere man of faith, that's just not doing what you think it's doing in terms of appealing to the party. So really, you know, you've got Vivek, who is sideshow Vivek, um, definitely showed that he doesn't have the poise or the... I mean, good lord! This man running foreign policy would be a, a madhouse. I actually, I really, I really appreciated Nikki Haley's um, shot at him. Is and and also the daughter line. I guess we, he stepped in it, dude. Uh, that oh, was man. so bad. Horrible. That was so. Uh, where was Horrible. this? Uh, here they were talking about TikTok. Okay, and Chris Christie gave a actually Chris Christie had a really good showing last night. Uh, Chris Christie, who I cannot stand, had a really good showing. Um, Talking about TikTok, his background as a prosecutor, all of the stuff, you know, things that were relevant for him. And he didn't just kind of primarily try to zing one-liners about Trump who wasn't there and who is still, to me, an embarrassment of the party that he won't participate in these debates. It's disturbing. Um, That's why I don't give his alternate press conference coverage. I don't care. If you're not in the debates, it doesn't count. You don't get to sit on the sidelines and, you know, truth your way to uh, coverage. I'm just going to ignore you because you've made yourself – um, not a participant in this process, even if he might win the, 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 the nomination. That's where I'm at right now. Okay, but this concept of, uh, you know, talking about TikTok, and they go to Ramaswamy to ask him, you know, hey, look, you're on TikTok. Who are you to be able to talk tough about TikTok? Here, here you go. This, this was the probably worst moment of the night for Ugh. anybody. This was probably like a deal breaker for Vivek. For people who watch this debate, they'll not forget this. Mm-hmm. Mr. Ramaswamy, uh, we've talked about this. You campaign on TikTok. How do you get TikTok banned if you use it? Well, I, I, I want to laugh at why Nikki Haley didn't answer your question, which is about looking at families in the eye. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. Your adult daughter. The next generation of Americans are using it. And that's actually the point. You have her supporters crapping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. You're just the easy scum. answer. You're just scum. <laughs> You're just scum. Wow. And deserved. He earned it. You don't go against. You don't go after somebody's children for a cheap one-liner, which that absolutely was. And it didn't answer the question. He, he says she didn't answer the question. And he didn't answer the. Where's your credibility on being tough on TikTok? Since you're the one who's there, and he instead decides to insult her kid, and her, mm, and the crowd was exactly right. That was the boo moment of the night. That was the one where, you know. We just don't need that person with any kind of military power. We don't need that person leading the country. The character is just not there. Maybe he's young. Maybe he's impulsive. Maybe he just doesn't have good judgment. I, I don't know. But there's, it's, he's probably still going to be on the debate. He gets coverage because he makes good one-liners. And I've told you before, I like him as a talk show host. I like him maybe even as a press secretary. I like him as a you know as an interesting guy. He says a lot of entertaining and thought-provoking things. Um, but he's not serious for this job. 
So really, you've got three. You've got Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis are the three alternatives to Trump. And, you know, how do you judge them against him since he won't show up on the stage and answer the challenges? 522 on News Radio 92.3. You seem like you were going to say something. Oh, I just, this whole debate, especially that one moment, it really, um, it, it really, really just unsettled me a little bit. And it, it kind of inspired me to write a poem, actually, about, 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 about that situation. Really? Do you want to hear it? It's oh, really yeah. quick. All right. Let it's me, a short one? Yeah, yeah, it's short. Let All me right. set the mood here. Okay. Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy, you done went and creeped out all the mommies. <laughs> Look like this might be adios, Kimosabi, Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy. Thank you, thank you. Thank That's you. well, well done. Uh, yeah, d- different kind of Indian, though. But you know, <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it's, it rhymes. That's all right, I like it. <laughs> Five, no. Five twenty-three on News Radio ninety-two-three. Informative, local, poetic. <clears throat> oh, this cold. Honey? <laughs> honey? Honey, you need Dayquil Severe Honey. Dayquil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a honey-licious taste. Because life doesn't stop for a cold. Okay, I'm ready to go. <clears throat> now I'm getting a cold. Honey? Try Dayquil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu relief. Dayquil Severe with honey flavor. The daytime coughing, aching, stuffy head, fever, honey-licious, power through your day, medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Why choose a Sleep Number smart bed? Because only the Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed lets you each sleep up to 13 degrees cooler or warmer on either side. While you both sleep at your ideal level of firmness, comfort, and support, your Sleep Number setting. And now our all-new next-gen smart beds have temperature benefits. So you sleep better night after night. And now during our Veterans Day sale, save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition smart bed. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Hobbies can be fun and expensive. How about a hobby that's fun and could make you money? Find out this morning at 10 with Emerald Coast Coins. Hear about precious metals and metal detectors as a great hobby. For nearly 20 years, Emerald Coast Coins has been one of the top-rated businesses in Northwest Florida to buy and sell gold, silver, and the best metal detectors to find treasure. Get more information this morning on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Guy Benson, keeping you informed of the news every day at 2, right after Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. I'm particularly glad that these lovely children are here today to hear that speech. Not only was it authentic frontier gibberish. Man, you made me think of something that it hadn't even occurred to me, Jake. You you said you and your wife were watching the debate last night, and uh, mm-hmm. at this moment in the debate, oh, here we go. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. Kind of a Will Smith moment, right? Oh yeah. You know, leave my you- wife out of your mouth. Uh, no, but. <laughs> But then your your wife, I think, had it exactly right. What did she say? Well, I immediately took the same response as uh, most people did, but she immediately went, 
Ew, why is he checking out her daughter's TikTok? That's, Gross. Yes, that's exactly right. Like, that, oh, is that is super skeezy. weird. Yeah. yeah. Is he watching her? And I and I did. I looked because I was I don't know. And she's gorgeous, you know, and she's Indian. He's Indian. I'm just saying it's a weird thing for a semi-grown. I mean, you know, he's young. Uh, man, to be checking out his political opponent's daughter's TikTok, even <laughs> if she's an adult who just recently got married. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that is extra super creepy on top with the sauce. 526 on News Radio 92.3. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? It's all just political research. That's all it was. <laughs> uh, well, Why are you clearing your browser history, son? So, uh, the Washington Post has analyzed last night's debate, actually, and uh, they've got a winner. Oh, all right. Yeah, the Washington Donald Post. Trump. Yeah, the Washington Post <laughs> says the winner was Donald Trump. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to take your line. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Uh, the They say the five candidates that uh, were there took shots at Trump, but none of them, uh, well, really landed. They say none of the candidates have found the recipe for criti- criticizing Trump in a way that lands. I kind of uh, like criticizing, fr- frankly. Cri- I think that, that really Criticizing, yeah. Criticizing, go on. Uh, so... Yeah, anyway, that's that's their analysis of that. The New York Attorney General's office resting its civil case against Donald Trump and his business organization. Uh, Attorney General uh, is accusing him, of course, of inflating his net worth. So we'll see what happens there. Trump's attorneys begin their defense uh, Monday. And the actor strike is finally over. SAG-AFTRA says the strike ended uh, yesterday after a deal was unanimously approved by union members. Now has to be approved by the National Board. Great. <laughs> it's good. I was starting I, to run out of things to watch. Were you? I was. I, I was feel like close. I'm still five years behind. I still feel like there's a. I mean, I just you know I haven't watched any of Secession. You know, I mean, like I feel well, like where would you find the time with the days of our Milton eating up well, all your nights? No, that's true. And I will say this: I watched the most recent Milton City Council meeting. So this is now two meetings in a row with very low drama quotient, um, including when Jeff Snow was in the meeting. I don't, I don't necessarily have him for today to talk about. There was a couple of minor moments, but it was mostly. A, I don't know if this series is dead now or not. I hope it's. I mean, I hope it so is, but I hope it's not. Their show was doing better with the writers' strike. <laughs> yeah, maybe they were using AI. <laughs> That's it. That's great. Five twenty-eight on News Radio. I got nothing. That's too good. Five twenty-eight on News Radio ninety-two-three. If you are thinking about your next vehicle, uh, trying to decide where to go, uh, here, here's one thing about Frontier. Okay, I always say this uh, phrase that they've been serving the Pensacola community, and you might say, well, you really mean that. And I say, well, how many times do you hear me use words I don't mean? Right? I'm pretty careful about my words most of the time. It's kind of important to me. Um, so on serving, when you go to buy a car there, they give you a price sheet that's got all the numbers and then a bottom line out the door, this is what you owe price. And that's the only thing you ever talk about. They don't come back later and be like, oh, by the way, tax and title. You know, it doesn't work that way. It's all there. And then attached to that sheet is a Carfax which is the vehicle maintenance and service history and repair history for the car, to the degree that whoever did the repairs filed it with Carfax, right? Um, I learned from personal experience that Carfax does not tell you everything, so I still think you ought to get a used vehicle inspection from a mechanic you trust, you know, but, and it's worth the, what, probably 100 bucks it is these days? I don't know. It's been 50 in the past for me, but it's been a while since I bought a car. Um, anyway, the point is, a Carfax is very useful as a starting point, and it can tell you things that you wouldn't otherwise know. So when you go somewhere else, if you do go to a corner lot or Facebook Marketplace or whatever to buy a car, and they don't give you a Carfax, just call Frontier. Give them the VIN. They'll run a Carfax for you, no problem, for free. Why? Because they can. Because it helps. Because they want to be of use. And because when I say that Frontier Motors has been serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway, I mean that. I mean that.
Hey, yeah, Veterans Memorial Park is a big event coming up at 11 o'clock on Saturday, the 11th, because it is Veterans Day. It's always the 11th month, the 11th day, the 11th hour. Um, so join them there for that. It should be um, outstanding, as it always is. Fox News, I'm CJ Papa. Could there be a break in the fighting in the war between Israel and Hamas? The deal being discussed would see a three-day ceasefire in exchange for the release of around a dozen hostages held by Hamas. That's according to the Associated Press, which adds this would allow a small amount of fuel to enter Gaza for the first time since the war began. Fox's Jonathan Savage in London. Five Republicans on the stage. Third presidential debate last night in Miami. Abortion was front and center of last night's debate after Tuesday's elections dealt a blow to the pro-life movement. In Ohio, 56% of voters passed an amendment to add abortion protections to the state's constitution. Fox's Brooke Singman reporting this morning. And President Biden travels to Belvedere, Illinois today. Stellantis plant reopening as part of the UAW deal. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 at News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne. Right now, we've got partly cloudy skies, 63 degrees in Pensacola today. A suspect is in custody after a fatal domestic violence related shooting last night. This happened on Teakwood Circle off of Jackson. The Escambia County Sheriff's Office says an argument between two people escalated into a shooting. The victim ended up dying at the scene. The suspect has not yet been identified. The woman who allegedly stole a vehicle with a five-year-old girl inside is being held with no bond. 23-year-old Miracle Armstrong made her initial appearance in court yesterday. Her bond was revoked due to charges she faces from another alleged incident last month. The child's mother, Cassie Sandusky, talked with Channel 3. She says she doesn't believe Armstrong intended to kidnap her daughter. Mine was opportunity. She took it and Isabel scared her. I grabbed Isabella water and I took it back out to her. And then I came back inside to put my bra on, grab my purse, grab a cigarette and open the door. And she was gone. Uh, Sheriff Chip Simmons says Armstrong was arrested uh, after she was spotted on Michigan Avenue and ran into a laundromat where she was surrounded, apprehended. House Republicans are issuing subpoenas for members of the Biden family now. This comes a day after special counsel David Weiss testified in front of the House Judiciary Committee regarding his investigation into Hunter Biden's business dealings. David Weiss was not entirely forthcoming when it came to his communications with the Department of Justice, with other people uh, who had jurisdictional claims to Hunter Biden matters scattered about the American Northeast and, and even on the West Coast. Congressman Matt Gaetz says that uh, Kentucky's James Comer issued subpoenas for Hunter and his brother James Biden, as well as Hunter's business associate, Rob Walker. Well, Thanksgiving is inching closer and closer by the day. And if you love the taste of a good fried turkey but don't want to risk burning your house down, you can always make an appointment now to have the Miracle League of Pensacola fry it for you. The cost is a minimum of $30 per turkey. That's just to cover their costs. You can call 850-631-0203 with questions, or if you'd like to schedule an appointment, the uh, Miracle League says slots are limited, so you should make that appointment early. It is 534 News Radio 92.3, and let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather forecast. 
This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. We will have a beautiful day today with clouds increasing, high near 80 degrees, overnight tonight temperatures dropping near 67. For Friday, chance of rain moves in with a 40% chance of a few stray showers, otherwise mostly cloudy with a high near 75. Friday night temperatures dropping near 65 degrees. Rain chance does continue into Saturday, 40% chance of rain with a high near 73. Saturday night temperatures dropping near 62. Stay connected to Channel 3 News first morning weather team. Download the WEAR. RTV Weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, 63 in Pensacola, 64 in Gulf Breeze, 59 in Milton. Your next news at 6. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. What is News Radio 92.3? News, news and, and information, information for, for Pensacola. Pensacola. The Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay, 5 till 9. The Pensacola Expert Panel or Pep Talk from 9 to 11. Mark Lee, Van Camp and Robbins, 11 until 2. Guy Benson from 2 to 4. Pensacola right now from 4 to 7. Dave Ramsey from 7 to 10. WEAR-TV at 10. And Brian Kilmeade overnight at 11. On News Radio 92.3. Informative. Local. Dependable. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Mary on Demand is live. Start your marijuana education journey today and learn more with Mary on Demand. Take the self-guided education series at your own pace. You'll decide what you'd like to learn and when. Visit mary.famu.edu to learn more. That's M-M-E-R-I dot F-A-M-U dot E-D-U. Mary, educate, learn, talk. Elevate your brand with custom engraved gifts and products from Prim and Proper, your clear choice for all brand and product needs. Locally owned and trusted, Prim and Proper offers custom engravings for promotional and gift items for your business. They also have so many unique gifts to choose from, including engraved drinkware, cutting boards, tumblers, water bottles, slate decor, and more to inspire you the moment you walk through the door. They're also the only local retailer for Sandhopper electric beach carts. Primandproper.com for more. That's primindproper.com. Tune in to News Radio Pensacola today and stay informed about what's happening in your community. We're here to keep you connected. News Radio Pensacola, informative, local, dependable. also been in separate conversations with the the rail company that owns the rail that comes into a street uh, obviously related to this project but but a separate conversation about potential abandonment of some of that rail bed uh, for us regardless of whether we get this money or not that's something that we'll continue to pursue if we can yeah one of the very interesting things that mayor dc reeves announced on tuesday in his press conference was that in addition to the two pieces of the sun trail expansion that they're looking to get grant funding for out of this big pot of state money like uh 200 million dollars i think it is uh building basically bike lanes and pedestrian walkways that are safe and isolated next to bayfront parkway on the south side going all the way from the bridge over to the port and then the second part is from the port all the, all the way over to bayou Chico, then um, the third piece is kind of talking with the railway to get rid of those rail lines from A to D where you just all you all you have, you know, it's like runs in front of uh, Joe Paddy's and the Bell Steel and all that, um, where it's just useless rail lines sitting in the grass because, you know, it doesn't get used anymore. They start using it at uh, E&F Street, but, um, you know, it doesn't get used anymore. And so the question is, what can we do about that? Talked about that yesterday with uh, Mayor D.C. Reeves, mayor of the city of Pensacola. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. 
Absolutely, Andrew. Thanks for having me. You got the railway company to maybe talk to you about this? That's That alone is impressive because they, <laughs> they're just not the most responsive all the time. Yeah, yeah, we we have. We're we're talking to them about several things and actually working with them. There's some there's grant money out there for, for rail abandonment. Um and uh and we were able to get them to come and analyze, you know, what they actually needed along West Main Street and what they didn't. And and there's really only one active user, which is the, the lumber yard there on F Street, and they only need to another couple blocks uh, of that. But to be used, as you know, Bell Steel, Joe Patties, all those places that rail goes by are not using the rail. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, I think not only would it be transformational for us to have a multi-use path along the, the heart of our downtown, along our waterfront, but uh, to be able to get some of that property back and be able to make it happen would only make the experience that much better. So uh, so we're kind of working those in tandem, but they certainly are related. Great. Yeah, no, I'd love to see that that particular stretch be converted to something that would actually be useful instead of just some random bits of railway bedded, you know, buried in the ground that nobody gets to use. Uh, at the other end of this um, project, look, I get that it's state money, so I get that we're taking advantage of it. Um what I what I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around though is a couple of things. Number one is the just the functional usability of a bike uh, multi-use path on the south side of um, a bayfront because you have to cross to get to that. So where will people park to use it? How will they get there if they're like at you know coming from Gulf Breeze or even at the boat ramp? The interconnectivity across the roundabout vicinity is not going to be good for pedestrians. Uh, and then just generally speaking, where will people park? If, where is there's enough parking to make use of it? I've seen places where this concept is amazing and fantastic. D.C. is actually the one that most appeals to me, uh, but, you know, Washington, D.C. But what is the, the plan in that regard for situating this within a broader context of access to it? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I, I'm, I'm just of the school of thought that we're so – uh, behind in any of this infrastructure at all that that not to say to dismiss that or, or in any way of course those are things that that we're going to consider but uh being where we want to be is certainly better than where we are um and and whether that's the north side or south side we would still have the same discussions that you're having about sure. where we park um you know and, and and also you know you have to think about it in a different context i mentioned this yesterday that uh, think about right now east hill east pensacola heights um, you know, you're crossing, you have to cross really two main arterials, of course, Cervantes and um, and uh, Bayfront to get to the water. But you also have to run for your life under the graffiti bridge. And so when you start to piece all this together, of what we've got going, I mean, at least think about it from a minimum. If you're at the corner of, say, 17th and Cervantes, you know, for the most part, either relatively protected or at least safe enough getting down to graffiti, you could now go under graffiti bridge. You could use the infrastructure in place around the the roundabout um, or around the back of the roundabout if you want and and get to a protected bike lane i mean you know and and so there is definitely increased access from homes to the water uh if we were able to piece all of this together and i think that's important to point out too that not everybody loads up their bike on their jeep and drives to park there there's also going to be people that would want to be able to access it from their house um so um you know but i i think we won't really be able to fully assess that until we see what gets funded and what doesn't get funded for example if both get funded then we've got tons of parking on the south by the ferry landing as an example you know that would be a very easy place to access it and if you look at the hashtag project back in 2018 the phase two of the hashtag project is cedar street becoming a pedestrian first street right that goes east and west and so you know i, I think there would be many opportunities for that 
but it's probably too early to say, do we need to put a parking lot in on Ninth Avenue or something like that until we really see what the end result is? Okay, and, and, and I think that's a fair observation. The one kind of slight pushback would simply be like, for example, you got parking right now at Wahoos, but we're looking to develop that and make that parking not the same availability. Uh, the parking that's available by the ferry is also you know, until we get the pickleball courts put in, in which case that's going to probably be a little bit more of a demand item. And so the parking supply that to some degree would make this feasible is, I don't think, a permanent thing we can count on. But I, I get what you're saying in that, you know, sometimes the, you know, it seems like an overwhelming problem to start. And we start looking at the pieces. We fix this piece. We fix this piece. We fix this piece. Eventually, we kind of get something that's sort of amazing in the end. And so, you know, I'm, I'm open to it. I, I definitely am. I just I wanted to ask and yeah, you know, see it, what your thinking it, was. I, and look, I want to say this. It it goes back to you know, luckily when we're on the road to you know actually generating revenue with parking, we can do things like build structure parking, which I know uh, you're going to be excited about. So <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, if we want if we want the if we if we want to have money to to be able to invest, taking a user fee and be able to make quick decisions like that, you know, uh, then, then we would have the ability to, uh, of which we do not have today. And and I will say, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, with what you're asking. We we'll see what grant money comes in. As you can imagine, we'll we'll have some time for that to be built. I mean, right. if we were going to redistribute medians on Bayfront, that's going to take a minute. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, we'd be able to assess how far did it go, and where do we? I mean, what human behavior going to be? Where, where are people going to naturally go right now? Here's what I can tell you right now: what they do is they run for their life across 14th or or Ninth Avenue, and and uh, and they're going over to a three or four foot sidewalk that abuts the gutter right <laughs> right that, that there's not even grass between it so um so if we can make these incremental improvements i know we'll be certainly in a better place and, and those will be great problems to have when we get there and, and by the way one note i thought was really interesting you made the other day about the parking is that uh, the entire revenue for the entire city of Pensacola is roughly comparable to one of the red lots in terms of total revenue because of the free half hour and right. the 50 cents an hour and all that, which is, I mean, that's a good note for perspective as well. Uh, earlier in the hour, uh, Mayor Reeves, I had played some of the audio from uh, your finance uh, person, of course, um, your director of finance, which is uh, Amy Lavoie. And uh, very interesting uh, set of information. We get we're going to get about two million dollars from FEMA because they're going to cover a greater share of the Sally damages. We're only going to get one hundred and seventy five from them to cover the um, you know the co- the multiple million dollar cost of uh, replacing the seawall at uh, Wayside Park. But the one that caught my attention that I wanted to ask you about is this sort of downtrend in revenue compared to last year. Is <laughs> Is this actually a downtrend in your opinion? Is this a, you know, the kind of fears of the recession sort of downtrend? Or is this just, no, we had a really big year last year and we're sort of on normal track now. We shouldn't be concerned about this. What's your take? I think it's a little too early to to say exactly. I mean, I'm sure, you know, if you ask 10 questions, you'll get 10 different opinions about uh, what those indicators would be. That doesn't mean we're naive to the idea that, of course, uh, you know, what I hear about at the state level is, you know, another solid year, and then we could see some flattening out because of the natural indicators like interest rates, like the, the cost of money. When, and if right. there's less development because there's less availability of money, there's less of a increase or a, a less trajectory of property tax, as an example, which is our largest revenue stream to the general fund. So uh, those are things that we'll always monitor, and, and we adjust from there. And, 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 you know, we've had a lot of conversations in this first year about, you know, how do we maximize the use of increased revenue and still do it responsibly. And I, and I think when you run any operation, especially one of this size, is, uh, you know, at some point you can't, you can't be so conservative that you, that you um, don't plan for the future, that you don't make the, the investments that need to happen 
whether it be in people, whether it be in infrastructure. But on the flip side, you always have to be nimble enough to be responsible when things happen that you can't foresee, whether that's a natural disaster or or hurricane. So, I mean, all the best thing we can do is kind of stay on it. Um, but I think at this point, given the numbers that were presented, as well as, um, you know, we haven't seen anything else too alarming um, at this point that, you know, will continue forward. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is uh, changeover in personnel. You know, Adrian Stills is now out as the parks director. You got Ben uh, Heistein coming in from Dallas. Um, you know, you let Charlie Pepler go. Um, and there's been a, a couple of others as well. It, it, it sort of feels like the gradual changing of all of the director levels. Am I overreading this or is it just the handful of ones or, you know, kind of what's your perspective on that? Yeah. I, I said when I entered this job that, um, that, you know, we, we are going to make an assessment of, of where we stand uh, at every department. And that isn't, um, understand, you know, departments can't, are not just measured by profit and loss. Certainly those departments take parks and rec, for example, is not going to ever run at a profit. Right. It, it, it's a service, a multi-million dollar service to a citizen. Uh, but how are we doing in other things? How, how are we, how are, what's our structure look like within these departments? Do we, um, do, how's our employee engagement? Are people happy to come to work every day? Uh, that's why we got very serious about measuring employee engagement. We had 72% turnout in 2022 or, or um, 72% of our workforce filled it out. And this was a big emphasis for me and 89% of it filled it out in my first year, because I want to know where we stand uh, and whether it's good news or bad news or what, what our opportunities for improvement are. And, you know, we're able to learn a lot through that process. So, um, so, you know, I think we're always evaluating what's working well or what are opportunities for improvement. And, and uh, so I don't, I don't know that it's ever responsible for a mayor to come in and say, Hey, on day one, I'm going to make all these changes because I feel like it. I don't mm-hmm. think it's responsible to say we're not going to make any changes because people were already here. I, you know, I think you've got to make it the best objective assessment and leadership as you can. And, 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 you, and that happens month to month, quarter to quarter, year to year. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll accept that. Last thing is you're going to do a state of the city um, speech coming up next week on the 14th at the Sanders Beach Community Center. Um I don't remember this being done before, but I like the idea of a general address about the, the condition of things. Of course, I feel like I talk to you all the time, and I hear you at the city council meetings and the press conferences. So, you know, uh, hard to know what I'm going to hear that I haven't kind of heard before. But um, this is something right. that anybody can attend, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's also, I, I believe, Civicon and Pittsburgh News Journal is going to be streaming it on Facebook if you can't make it. So, yeah, the 14th from 6 to 730. And, no, I mean, I, I think this is part of the job, uh, you know, and and – as, you, as we know, as directors, as, as administrators, you as media that, that are paying closer attention, uh, that, you know, 55,000 citizens don't get that opportunity. And, you know, right. I think it's, you know, if it's a chance for someone to be able to go watch it for an hour and for us to encapsulate, um, you know, all the things that went well and our opportunities for improvement. You know, I'm too much of a journalist. Like, I, I, I don't I, – it's not just to come in and say, here are the three things that we've done really well. I think we're going to come in and say – you know, where are we going with recycling? Where are we going with, you know, these issues that, that uh, might, might cause heartburn with people, you know, in our community? We can face that, that you know, and, and so, you know, I want to give an objective assessment. Of course, we're going to celebrate the great things that have happened. And there's a lot that has happened that if you're not paying close, very close attention, uh, you may not even realize. And, and so I do want to share those and, and celebrate our people who are helping make this stuff happen. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to have an objective conversation about what, what our strengths are and what, what we're going to be focused on in year two. A lot of execution-based things that we want to get done in year two. Uh, we got, a, got them kick-started in year one, and we want to get them done in year two. 
Uh, and so uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I like sharing these things and, and taking questions. Uh, no, it'll be. I think that'll be great. And by the way, I just got told by my, my boss that we are also carrying it uh, on the air, so people will be able to listen oh, in, awesome. in their cars or on the stream or at home or whatever. So that's great news. We always like to end with a, a bit of a lightning round. Again, that'll be next. Uh, that's the 14th, which is uh, what is it, uh, Tuesday, I think, uh, at uh, 6 o'clock. Is that right? At six o'clock. Okay, very good. Um, lightning round. All right, some of these are a little bit food oriented, but I don't mind. Uh, first one, an easy one for you. If I give you a, a couple slices of bologna and some bread, how are you fixing that? Uh, I'm just leaving it on the counter. Uh, <laughs> I don't eat any bologna. Uh, you know, turkey, roast beef. You know, uh, you know, yeah, right. not not a big bologna guy. You know. Okay. All right. Fair enough. That should be your slogan. No bologna for DC. Um, is a hot <laughs> yeah. is a is a hot dog a sandwich? I can't get my head around that. I've, I've, I, <laughs> in my upbringing, it was not a sandwich. I cannot change my mind. All right. Point. So, I believe, um, sort I believe of it's a its own unique item. Lingering bias based on your upbringing. All right. Fair enough. I got that. And then the yep. last one, these are all food related. As I said, when you approach a piece of bread uh, with some butter, what's your strategy? How are you buttering that bread? Uh, ooh. Um, just probably like overly aggressive, and then it just jams <laughs> into like one part, like one corner, and it doesn't really spread that well. I mean, I, you know, and I don't wait for it to warm or anything like that either. You're so. just going in there, so slice say, cold, it, rip the bread, shred it, and stick it in your mouth. Is that the idea? It, right. It, yeah, yeah. Incredibly inefficiently. But, you know, <laughs> this is what I say because I'm so – I'm spending so much time working on improving the city. I don't have time to butter that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great <laughs> answer. Although it's efficient in another sense. It may be unelegant, but it's efficient time-wise because zip-zop done it's in your true. mouth and back it, to fixing it, the city. That is okay. True. All right, fair enough. D.C. Reeves, mayor of Pensacola, city council meeting tomorrow night, then the uh, speech uh, next Tuesday. Thanks for the time, sir. We'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. I'm too busy saving the city to take time buttering bread. (laughs) I mean, this is a great answer. There's no way around it. That's fantastic. 437-1620, That's always my phone number. you got traffic tips. You want to object to something, disagree with me, agree with me, amplify, write a poem. That's in vogue this morning. Uh, do it hey if you are um wondering if now is the right time to sell or maybe you should hold because six months later it'll be better or maybe worse you know you're not quite sure this is why you call christina leavenworth at uh, 11 rinky realty she and her folks there are just i mean fantastic and they'll give you the information and not just that but like you know you're talking to somebody who has really somehow just managed to figure it out you know going from selling um no homes at all you know, like, what, seven years ago, I think, is about when she started doing real estate. Um, you know, had been in the news and had done some other things and, um, you know, started a family and then decided, hey, I want to do real estate. And those of us who knew Christina were like, well, I mean, you know, if anybody can do it, but a lot of people try real estate. Okay, so now she sells 230 homes a year, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, but the point is that, you know, they've really figured this thing out. They know how to get your home sold, stage it right, photograph it, put it on social media, price it right. That's a big deal. And understand even if you're trying to buy a home, what the seller's mindset is because they know because they've sold so many homes. And so the point is, whichever side of the transaction you're on, or possibly both, because a lot of times you buy and sell, right? Um, she's just a fantastic resource for you. Give her a call, pick her brain, talk with her, get to meet a, you know, meet a friend. Even if you don't become a client, that's fine. She doesn't mind. She just likes to talk to folks. 723-9158 for Christina Leavenworth and her team at Leavenrinke Realty.
Hi, this is Earl Ron, president of New South Window. If you need new windows or doors for your home, heads up, this message is for you. New South is having a one-day factory sale, this Saturday only in our factory showroom. 40% off high-performance award-winning windows, 40% off energy-efficient windows and patio doors, 40% off our factory direct products installed. Bring in your measurements for on-the-spot pricing or call today. One day only, this Saturday from 9 till 4. Please visit us at NewSouthWindow.com. This Saturday only, save an additional 5% when you arrive before noon. Join Travis Thompson with Climate Tech of Professional Air, an American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning Independent Customer Care Dealer in the Pensacola area on the Pensacola Expert Panel today at 9.30. Join in as Travis discusses how you can lower your energy bill and create a healthy, comfortable home. Join him today at 9.30 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. We're back with the action. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever? That's right, Jim. With an irresistible taste and zero sugar, Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any sports fan. So make sure you... Wait, Jim, I didn't mean try it right now. We're still on the air. Mmm. Best Coke ever? Take a taste, Jen. Really? No, not right now, Jen. We got a game to call. Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. The 38th Annual Frank Brown International Songwriters Festival is Thursday through the 19th in venues all along the Florida, Alabama Gulf Coast. Hear the writers' songs from seasoned and aspiring songwriters from all over the world. See frankbrownsongwriters.com. The National Park's fee-free day is Saturday. Find out more at nps.gov. Find more events and submit yours at newsradio923.com. Pensacola Mayor D.C. Reeves will give his State of the City address November 14th at 6 p.m. Listen to it live on News Radio 92.3 or watch it at pnj.com. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. to be the helicopter training field for the Navy. With aviators taking off and landing all day long, we were always reminded of who we serve at Navy Federal and why our mission is so very important. Now, with this amazing new recreation center, we have a new reminder, not just of the sense of service that drives us, but of our commitment to helping our people lead healthy, active lives and of the powerful connections we forged with our neighbors. Mary McDuffie there, the uh, CEO of uh, Navy Federal Credit Union, yesterday at the grand opening of their recreation center on Nine Mile. It's open to the public on Monday, and it is uh, it's amazing. I mean, uh, genuinely, it is a fantastic facility with plenty of parking, which is, you can't always say that everywhere, but this definitely does have it. We've got athletic fields, basketball, volleyball, pickleball courts, a yoga lawn, a fitness area, and a pavilion where we can all come together, as we are today, 
And anyone who knows me know that I couldn't be more excited about the many miles of walking trails now available. Yeah, I mean, it's an it's a enormous uh, facility. It's beautiful. you got fountains and walkways in the front. And like she said, there's like a yoga lawn and there's just sitting around areas. There's a pickleball, two pickleball, pickleball courts in the back. There's an enormous full-size baseball field with you could play softball on it. You can play soccer on it. You could probably put football in there. I mean, anything will go in there. Um, and then there's a whole like um, CrossFit area, which has a whole bunch of stuff I'd have no idea how to use. Uh, I mean, just like it's really in a basketball court. So anyway, it's um, it's first rate and it is open to the public. That's something you just don't see that often. But they said, uh, Mary McDuffie said that shows our commitment to the public that it's for our people, but it's for everybody as well. So you have a brand new park in Beulah on Nine Mile. Starting Monday with massive walking trails in the back end, too. 558 News Radio 92.3. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Well, fierce fighting has been reported in Gaza between Israeli troops and Hamas militants, both sides claiming to have inflicted heavy losses recently. Uh, meanwhile, dozens of countries and organizations around from around the world are meeting in Paris to coordinate humanitarian aid. After more than a decade of debate, the U.S. General Services Administration has now decided on a location for the new FBI headquarters. Greenbelt, Maryland was selected. I am very, very happy to say the least that uh, uh, after 14 years of working to make sure that the FBI has the kind of facility necessary so it can carry out its critical mission for the country. And uh, Congressman Steeny Hoyer there, the GSA, says that site uh, was the lowest cost for taxpayers. Other two sites being considered were uh, Landover, Maryland and Springfield, Virginia. Okay. I mean, I didn't even know that they needed to replace the current one. So yippee skippy. Way to go, Steny. <laughs> David, thanks so much for the update. 559 News Radio 92.3 debate coverage coming up next. There was a lot of it to talk about. Um, actually, a pretty good debate. Very um, entertaining and Listen on air at 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3, WNRP Golf Freeze, Milton, Pensacola.